Lord, tonight we thank you for the assurance that all power is being given unto you in heaven and on earth. And as a result, we understand that there's absolutely nothing yes. that is impossible with you yes. to them that believe. Yes. And so, Lord, we believe you tonight. Yes. And therefore, we thank you for the manifestation of your power and your presence in our lives. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for a time of refreshing in your presence. Yes, Lord. We receive it now. We thank you. We bless your name for it. Yes, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Please take your seats. Amen. Praise God. In fact, as you take your seats, let me just, uh, I just want to say another prayer very quickly. I know we prayed on Sunday. I just want to also pray again and just give God thanks for what he's going to do on Friday regarding Richard Legerman. Just as I stood here a minute ago, just, God just brought something to my remembrance, which I'll share in a minute. And so, Father, we just want to thank you. We bless your name for your goodness your loving kindness, yes. your tender mercies, yes. and your faithfulness yes. that is from generation to generation. Yes. We thank you for the finished work yes. regarding Richard Legerman. Yes. We bless your name that as it goes forth on Friday, your angels are already in place, yes. and the heart of the king is already turned in his favor. And so we receive the blessing. We thank you for it, and we honor and bless your name forever in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, Guys, let's, let's just stay. Uh, there was another member of this church that got into a similar situation as Richard years ago. I will not mention his name. But unlike Richard, he was not quite known with anybody. And the enemy just quietly took him out. And if, I'm, if my memory serves me right, the person is still in detention now. I'm talking about five years ago, without trial, without trial, yes. And so as we were just finishing praise and worship and just praying, God just brought that to my remembrance. What happened in the early church? A herald killed, was it James? James, because the body did not respond. But by the time it came to the time of Peter, the church has wisened up. And stood in the gap. Yes. And because the church prayed, God sent a miraculous deliverance. Yes. So I'm saying that for us to understand how we are so connected together and how we must allow God to move upon our heart. And really, that's what I want to talk to us about tonight. Allowing, it's not, you see, okay, Matthew chapter 1, in verse 23, the Bible says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. And the point I'm trying to make tonight is that not only is Jesus called Emmanuel we know what that name means God with us. And God being with us is with us in order for him to move upon our lives. In Matthew chapter 28, when they gave the Great Commission, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore to teach all nations and disciple all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In verse 20 there, it lets them know teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the ages. So the issue is not whether God is with us or not. He is with us. You and I must carry the awareness and the consciousness of his being with us. That's where the transaction takes place. That we just don't become callous and just hear and hear and hear and not cultivate the presence of he who dwells in us. His presence is in us. We know that. There's no, there's, there's no argument, no debate. But as we go through life's journey and, 
life's experience and various issues and circumstances, if care is not taken, all the other noise around us does our sensitivity of, of knowing that the presence is there. So I just want to, I just want to encourage us tonight, and, and I want to use the uh, passage from the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to pray. So much stuff is happening around us. In Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, let me read the first uh, four verses there. The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Shivlev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the promise are there in great distress and reproach. Now, when you and I hear this kind of news, how do we respond? Okay, let me, maybe I should back up. Do we even ever get concerned about people outside of our small influence? This morning I read that yesterday in Nigeria, 19 people were killed in the church. And two priests. They were having a service. And these wicked men walked into the church and killed these human beings. These people went to church to worship. And they are dead. Monday in Toronto, people were just walking on the, on the, on the streets. And the madman just decided to drive a van and kill 10 people on the road. Is he increased? Is it it's just 10? It's just 10, right? But 10, 10, 10. It's not gone up. Okay. So, so when we hear things like that, how do we respond? Do we just figure, okay, well, okay, my husband is alive, my wife is alive, my kids are alive, none of my family is involved? Business as usual. Business as usual. And God forbid, when we are now in trouble or we find ourselves in a jam, we expect God to now respond because now I'm the one that's involved. But as long as it's others, mm, it's not important. April 17th, Southwest Airways Flight 1380. On the way from New York to Dallas, blew an engine. Do I know that? Am I familiar with that acutely? Because not too long ago, not even two months ago, I was in similar aircraft where such a thing happened. Only this time, one woman, Jennifer Riordan, who was coming back from a business meeting, happened to be sitting next to the window, her seatbelt fastened, no fault of hers, nothing, there was nothing she could have done, got sucked out of the window. Now, where, where was I? Where, okay, we well, had just come back from Florida last week. And I sat down and I looked at that window and I told my wife, how can a window this size pull a whole human being through? Just when? Saturday. I just came back Saturday from Florida. And as I sat on the aircraft, I looked at that window. I said, how can a grown human being be sucked out of a window this small? So much so, we are told half of our body was out. Somebody's wife. Somebody's mother. Gone just like that. We'll come back to that in a minute. But the point I'm making tonight, I'm praying that God will so help us that will not just hear word after word after word after word until we just become hearers only and not doers. But there's a transaction that needs to take place in order for me to become, to, to, to go from just being hearer onto a doer. Just doesn't happen. And that's what we're reading here in the book of Nehemiah. Okay, so Nehemiah was concerned enough to when his brothers came, he asked them, what's going on over there? How are they doing? 
And then when they gave him the report that those who are left of the captivity, they're in distress and they're in reproach. Let's see what happens. The wall, well, they told him they're in distress and they're in reproach. And then they went on to break that down for him. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. And its gates are burnt with fire. In other words, these guys are vulnerable. They are defenseless. If the wall is broken down, that means there's no defense. There's no security. And the gates are burnt. They are wide open. So not only are they in reproach and distress, but they are absolutely vulnerable and they are in distress. They are defenseless. They are defenseless. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And there it is right there. You can read this prayer in the rest of chapter 1. So Nehemiah did three or four things. Number one, he sat down. What does that mean? He became reflective. Now, mind you, he was not in that situation. Nehemiah at this point was a cup bearer in the Persian court. In other words, he was living abroad. Like many of us here. We've escaped the jungle. We've left the Egypt. We are now living in, if we will, comfort. That's where he was. But in spite of that, in spite of the fact that he was doing well, that's, that's really the bottom line. Nehemiah, as a person, was doing extremely well. It's right there in the palace. The Bible says he sat down, which means he was reflective. Wow. Man, what happened? How is this happening? How long will it be? And then he wept. And then the weeping and the sitting down led to something. He mourned for many days, which in the scripture means fasting. In other words, the news he heard prompted him into action. And the reason this is important for you and I is because until we get to the point where our heart is broken before God and we're asking God to help us to move upon our hearts, we will miss the bigger picture of living that God has in, in, in store for us. Because this, this little story here, this little story we just heard here, ultimately, be, ultimately became the key to launching Nehemiah into his destiny. Serving before the king was good. To be trusted to serve a pagan king was a very good thing. But through this news and his response to the news and his prayer over that, he was launched into something bigger than himself. And I believe God has the same thing in store for every one of us. We just have to position ourselves to a place where God can move upon our hearts. Nehemiah's heart was tender before God. And because his heart was tender before God, God could release him and use him for a greater purpose. Now, let's go to chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. Verses 2 through 8. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad? When the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and his gates are burnt with fire. Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. My goodness. Ha, ha, ha. Is asking for a release for, to another assignment. 
Do you understand the fame and the pomp and the pageantry that goes with being in the palace with the king? And yet he was willing to relinquish that opportunity for uncertainty. Why? What will, what will, what will move upon him to be able to do this? To even desire, really that's the thing. Why will he even desire to be a part of this? Why? Let me just jump to it. So we can pray, we can pray and we can go. Fasting aligned him with God's purpose. That's why we fast. We don't fast so God will move. We are fasting so we will move. We are fasting so our position can change. We are fasting so we can be aligned with the purpose of God for our lives. Fasting prepares me and you to hear God and to allow me to be aligned with whatever God wants to do in that hour. So Nehemiah, the king said to him, why are you sad? I said, why will I not be sad? Because he recognized that his destiny and his life is not just tied to being in the court of the king, but he understands that he has a greater purpose. And the king said, what, what do you need? Notice, even as the king was talking to him, he prayed. I'm sure he did not tell the king, hold on, let me go and home. No, 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 just lie there. First, king was asking, what do you need? Very quickly, he prayed. What all of these minor details is showing us is the fact that Nehemiah was never disconnected from God. It was his connection to God, number one, that prompted him to ask about the welfare of those left behind. Because he understood that God cares for the underdogs. It was his connection to God that allowed him to know, you know what? I can't do anything on my own. A man's flesh will fail. So he prayed. This is the difference between him and Moses. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 7, Moses knew that God placed it, placed it upon his heart to do something for Israel when they were in bondage. If, if he had a prompting that God is going to use him to deliver Israel. But he did not ask God how. He didn't ask God how. But Nehemiah followed the protocol, stayed connected with God, asked God in prayer. God gave him the boldness to ask the king for resources and authority to be released to go back to Jerusalem. Now, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 12. And this is really where I'm going. Ah, I guess I'd rather tell you this. In chapter 2, verse 10, I think this is important for us to, know this, to see this. When Sambalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, official heard of it, in other words, when they heard that they had been empowered, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Now, what I'm saying, do you, some of you guys may be here right now, you may be at this point, and I'm saying this to you, whenever God sends you on a mission, whenever God, God gives you an assignment, or whenever God, whenever God is moving on your heart to do something great for God, you can almost expect opposition. In fact, if there's no opposition, maybe God didn't send you. So whenever the opposition shows up, you need to say, hallelujah, glory to God. I know I'm in the right direction. Rather than being discouraged because of opposition, you should be emboldened because there, are, there is opposition. Yep. But this is the point I'm making. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 12. Then I arose in the night. I and a few men with me, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. This is the cross of what I'm trying to say to us tonight. Everything you read up to this point, Nehemiah just defined it for us. God was the one who was present in his life, number one. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ in me, the hope of, the hope of glory. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? God is the one that's present in him. 
That presence of God in him is to move his heart towards the purposes of God. This is where you and I need to get to. Not to just hear message after message after message after message, and God is now moving on our hearts for action. He's saying here, God placed this in his heart. It was God that put this project of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem in his heart. And I know you guys are the good people here tonight. So uh, uh, please understand me. You guys are the good ones. You guys are the faithful people. Good people, faithful people, thank God for you. But let me ask you a question. Is God put anything in your heart lately? Has God put anything in our heart lately? Because it, 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 it's just, this is who he is. This is who God is. His presence is with us, but the presence is not just there to just be there. The presence of God, when we cultivate that presence, and that's, and that's the issue. Maybe we are not cultivating the presence, but when you cultivate the presence of God that's within you, that presence of God will activate certain things in our lives. We move upon us to do certain things. Huge. That's the distinction. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1, the Bible says, no, not verse 1, verse 2, that the Lord was with Joseph. Presence. And he was a successful man. That presence led to something. Not just having a presence doing nothing. Or being about nothing. As we cultivate the presence of God. And cultivating means, okay, let me, let me, let me give you an example. So, so I live, my wife and I, we live together. Okay, so we live in the same house. So my presence is there, her presence is there in the house. But if there are no interactions, if we are just living together as intimate strangers, what will happen? I will not know what's on her heart. And she will not know what's on my heart. The presence is there. I am there and she is there. But because there's no interaction between us, there's no communicating within us because we are not talking to one another, we will not know what is on our hearts. So what I'm saying to us is all of us as born-again believers carry the presence of God. It will be up to us to begin to cultivate that presence. How? By talking to him. By having conversations with him. Father, this is a great day. You've made this day. What is on your heart today? Jesus, what is on your heart in my world today? Who are those guys, those people who you've earmarked for salvation that I can minister to today? Father, who is on your heart for blessing today? Who can I be your agent to bless, to encourage, to love, to show kindness to today? Cultivate their presence. And the more you talk to him, the more you talk to him, and then, of course, you have to listen. You can't just run him off. And he has no room to give an input. You talk and you stop. You talk and you stop. You By the time you do that, you will be far away from you. You will not have time for sin. You'll be so full of the presence of God. You know, I, 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 I began with the story of the of um, South, Southwest Airlines uh, Flight 1380. And because I'm an aviation buff, I went back and just researched the pilot. Go with the liberal of you that's laughing. <laughs> She's one of the First few female military pilots ever. And as I read her story, I said to myself, oh my God, this is absolutely incredible. Number one, she teaches Sunday school every Sunday. <laughs> Professor. <laughs> Secondly, 
This woman performs volunteer work for at-risk children. Thirdly, she opened a cottage on her family's property to the victims of Hurricane Rita. Little things that you and I totally... If we look at us in this room here, some of us have five-bedroom homes, six-bedroom homes, four bedrooms, three... But we see people that have needs, we don't ever think that perhaps we can take them in. Now, there's a reason I'm saying this. It's because a few days ago, April 17th, the whole world clapped and said, wow, this woman landed the plane safely in an emergency. But we didn't understand what, made, how, what prepared her for that day. We did not understand the, how we have to connect the dots of allowing God to move on our heart on little things. So when the day of the big thing comes, that same God that did this little thing will be there to do the big thing. Amen. The world was clamoring about how calm she was. And they played the audio on TV when she was talking to Control Tower. You would not think that this kind of calamity was pending. Cool, calm, Collected. Uh-uh. I said, what is, what is going on with this woman? Now, when she was at an early age, talking about God moving on her heart, she had always had a desire to be in aviation from her early age. When she got to high school, a retired colonel came to her school for career job day to talk on aviation. She went to the class, and the man stopped and said, what are you doing? Are you lost? Why? Because she was the only woman in the room. And she said, no, I'm not lost. And it retired concept to her, there are no women flying airplanes. In other words, you're you, you wasting your time here. <laughs> but she sat through the presentation anyway. And then when she got to junior, so, so because of the, what the colonel said to her, she applied to pre-med school and university. Because she, because, nah. And she said all the while she was in college, even though technically, as a matter of fact, there were no female flying, the desire to fly never left her. Now I left. Junior, has, junior in college, a friend of hers had a friend who was getting Air Force wings. In other words, finished pilot, pilot training. I said, can you, you want to go with me to uh, encourage my friend? She said, oh, sure. She went. And in that graduating class that day, she saw a woman who was also getting a wing. She said, oh, girls fly after all. So the desire that she had all along was rekindled. She went to apply to the Air Force, they turned her down. She didn't give up. She went to apply to the Navy. The Navy accepted her. Now, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's an important point there. Anybody in the military aviation will tell you that naval pilots are much more skilled than the Air Force pilots. That's a matter of fact. You know why? Because naval pilots land aircraft on a moving boat. In the middle of the sea, 150 miles an hour to land a plane. And God help you, you better not miss. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sharing all these details so you can begin to appreciate how God is at work, both to will and to do of His good pleasure in your life. Because what she did on April 17th, it's not just an engine just flaming out. Now, that's bad enough. But the blade inside the engine broke into pieces, caused the engine that's disabled to disintegrate. 
And a sharp nail is what broke the window that caused the woman to be socked. Serious problem. But because of the steel, when I say steel, S-T-E-E-L, steel nerves that she's had in flying F-18 for eight years in the Navy. She was like David that said, the lion came, I killed it. The bear came, I finished it. Therefore, this giant is nothing but bread. I will deal with it. That's exactly her disposition. But how did it begin? When she was a young girl. God was moving upon her heart as a child. As a child, you all. And now every 17th we see the manifestation of what God has been doing that delivered lives. 149 passengers. What at risk. She landed the plane safely and we are told she walked through the cabin asking everybody, are you fine? Is everything all right? Made sure every passenger was fine and then they left. What I'm saying to us tonight, folks, we need to develop the practice of cultivating the presence of God with the anticipation, God, when you speak to me, I will move. I believe God has ministries in this room. Ministries all over the church on Sunday morning. When I say ministries, it does not have to be Billy Graham evangelistic ministry. No. What I'm saying, God wants to use you and I on a day-to-day basis to touch people, to encourage them, to bless them, to speak life into their lives. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're praying. You see, because what needs to happen is that God needs to initiate something in us internally so that you and I can work it out externally. It has to be, first be an inward work that it does in us that now releases us to an external activity. So it begins with God moving upon our hearts. Can we stand up tonight and just trust God? Pastor Justin, will you just come? I believe God wants to begin to work in us so he can begin to work through us. He wants to begin to work in us so he can begin to work through us. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up your hands, gentlemen. Just lift up your voice. Father, I want to thank you for your grace that you have poured so lavishly upon us. Thank you for your love upon which we stand. Thank you for the privilege to be able to be called the children of the Most High. Our Father, tonight we call upon you. Your word declares, O God, that Nehemiah, having heard what he heard, he sat down, he wept, he mourned, and he fasted and prayed. We recognize that Nehemiah took the focus off of himself, and he became God-centered. Father, tonight, Nehemiah, recognizing he was blessed, he stood in the place with the king. He was a king cup bearer. Lord, we thank you that we have in so many ways been lavished with your grace. We look all around, you have blessed us. We can say we lack nothing because of you. We are so grateful for this, O oh God, because it is out of your love that you have bestowed upon us all that we have. Our Lord, but tonight we have come to this place Nehemiah is. You are the one that says to us in the book of Ephesians 5, 
that we should seize the moment. For you said the days are evil. My God, we have become numb to the things that are around us. Looking unto others to make the change, not recognizing that, Lord, you're working in us to bring about a change. My Father, tonight, this is our prayer. Awaking our hearts that this sleeping giant will rise up again. The Lord will begin to be moved by the things that move your heart. My God, that will begin to recognize your workings around us. My Father, tonight, in the name of Jesus, we cry with one voice. The Lord God Almighty, everything around us that has caused us to be numb, we separate ourselves from them. We focus on you, O oh God. That Lord, we may be Godward in everything that we do in the name of Jesus. For we recall in scripture again, it was Esther having enjoyed the pleasantries of the palace. When Mordecai called upon her to do a work, my God, for the excuses that she made, Lord, I recall that Mordecai would say to her that if you would not do it, God would raise another. Until she rose up upon that word and began to do the things that God has placed her in the palace to do. My Father, so we pray today, wherever we are planted, that we will no longer be like Esther. We will be like Nehemiah, carrying the heart of Jesus. That everyone around us, oh God, will recognize that we are being with Jesus. My God, tonight we pray, kindle our hearts afresh. Spirit of the living God, awaken us. Bring us to a place of recognition that we are not of ourselves. We are not of our own. For your word declares, Lord, Christ is all and in all. My God, tonight we pray that we recognize that Jesus is in all about us. My God, that our heart, oh God, will begin to see things around us that will begin to cause changes around us in the name of Jesus. Our Father, we call upon you tonight. Hmm. My God. That the things that so easily beset us, the things that have, you have blessed us with, that we have allowed to handicap us, the things that has desensitized us, you said in your word, put on and put off. My Lord, tonight we put off all the things that are contrary to the workings of God in our environment. My God, we put them off tonight. We put on the heart of Jesus. Your word declares he went about doing good, healing all them that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We recognize that you are with us. My God, therefore we pray, quicken our hearts, O God. Quicken our hearts, O God, that Lord, we may begin to see in our environment the things that you're doing. That we may begin, to, O God, to feel the plight of those that are around us. That the distressed, O God, can come to us. Even as it was said of the David, the lame came to him. The distressed came to him. The poor came to him. My God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will give us a heart, O God, that is centered toward God, that men will begin to find solace in us. They'll begin to find comfort from us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Father, this is our prayer tonight. Every one member of our household, every one of us, oh God, as, an, as a body, under the umbrella of work fan, Father, we begin to pray for every one of us tonight. Wherever we may be, Spirit of the living God, quicken our hearts. Spirit of the living God, breathe upon us afresh. Cause the eyes of our understanding to be open. Help us to begin to see beyond ourselves. Help us begin to see beyond the things around us. Help us begin to see what you are doing, oh God. That we may join with your work, oh God, around us, Father, in the name of Jesus. No wonder you said, Lord, we should seize every opportunity. My God, I recall in scripture that Paul would ask everyone, 
pray for us that doors will be opened unto us. And we recall in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, where Paul would say, he would hold back from going to a trip because he said an effectual door has been opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. My God, may we recognize, oh God, the doors that are opened unto us. The doors to minister to those around us. The doors to pour life to those around us. The, the, the doors to open the doors for the dead. The doors to raise the dead. The doors to heal the sick. The doors to bring salvation. In the name of Jesus. Father, this is our prayer. That we become so sensitive. We understand through every conversation that you're talking to someone. We understand through every interaction that it is us giving life to everyone. For Lord, even in the mundane things, Jesus would say, it is needful that he would go through Samaria. That through Samaria, he met the woman at the well. My God, it was his sensitivity. My God, tonight we pray that Lord, we will understand your quickenings, oh God. We will begin to yield to your quickenings, oh God will begin to yield to your leading oh God in the name of Jesus for it is your desire that none would perish but all will come to the knowledge of the truth help us to understand that we are the ones that bring salvation to a lost world father we understand that the world is evil it will not get better until we begin to make a change father therefore in the name of Jesus within our circle in the place of work father may we begin to make a difference in the name of Jesus so we pray our heart our heart our heart help us to understand that you are divine we are the branches that we enjoy life from you that we draw life from you that all that we need in this life is the life you've given us already. For you're the one that is working in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. You said you have not come to me that you would have life. My God, we come to you because we know you are in us. Your life is in us. It is flowing in and through us. Father, may this life refresh those that are around us, our colleagues at work, our immediate family, in the grocery store. Help us become sensitive to all that you're doing around us Father we cast away everything that has distracted everything that has seemed to derail we take our eyes off the pleasures of the immediate we become God focused oh God in the name of Jesus for when Nehemiah mourned and he fasted. It typifies a life that takes the focus off of themselves and places it on another. Father, tonight we pray that this time of praying and fasting will not be like the normal times again. Father, as we sleep tonight, quicken us. Give us a dream of tomorrow. Father, as we wake up, speak to us. Let the driving car mean something to us. Let the trees that move mean something to us. Let our colleagues that stand beside us mean something to us. May we become so sensitive, oh God, that Lord, you are quick, oh God, to speak to us and we are quick to hear in the name of Jesus. For we choose to become doers of the word. We set aside hearing the word. We do not want to become stale from hearing the word. We want your word to begin to work in us, oh God. That Lord, your word will refresh everyone around us that we may produce the God result from everything that we do in the name of Jesus. This is our prayer, oh God. That because we are on fire, everyone around us catches it. Because we recognize this is what makes a difference in our homes. That through this, the lives of our children will be transformed. That Lord, they will see, oh God, a family ignited to do the will of God. A family ignited and sensitive to the things of God. Father, that we will be like Jesus. 
For this cause where we set apart that we may fulfill the purpose of God. That when we see issues around us, we may be like David and say, is there not a cause? My father, tonight we pray that we will understand that where you have planted us to walk, we will recognize, is there not a cause? That we did not just accidentally come into that place. We did not come in there for just the benefit of reaping financial gain. We came in there for a kingdom purpose. We recognize that we are the ministers of God in that place. <sighs> My God, this is a prayer. We understand why Laban will say to Jacob, it is because of you. I have been blessed. Father, the mere presence of your children in everywhere we go will make a world of difference. Help us to recognize that we are not just ordinary. We carry something that is bigger than ourselves. For many times I wonder, like David will wonder too, who is man that you are mindful of him? That you, this big God, will find a place of expression in a mere mortal man. Father, that you choose to inhabit a mere mortal in order to do your work on earth. Help us not to trivialize this, oh God, that we may not see it as just a mundane thing. We will see it as the mighty God who has chosen to walk walks on this earth through us is vessel my God therefore tonight in the name of Jesus everything around us that has caused us to be comfort comfortable father Lord we disrupt them in the name of Jesus we declare oh God everything everything no matter what it is that we lean on cause there to be a disruption that we may center our life upon you and recognize that our life is not our own, but is of God. That we were saved for a purpose. That Christ is in us, reconciling the world to himself. We understand, oh God, that we are agents of reconciliation. Everywhere we go, Lord, in the name of Jesus. But Lord, tonight, this is our prayer. Our hearts to become sensitive. Our hearts to be yielded to your purpose. Our heart to be completely sold to you. This is our prayer. You said you have given us a new heart. We thank you for the new heart that we have. We are just asking you to quicken us. That we not become any more numb, oh God, to the things around us. But Lord God Almighty, we will recognize there is a cause. And we'll rise up in the strength of God. And begin to fulfill that purpose that you have called us to. For you said them that you have called. Lord, is the ones that you have glorified. You have glorified us for a purpose. Father, thank you, my God, that we arise. We arise. We arise. You said arise and shine. We arise. We shine your light in every darkness around us. We shine as light everywhere we go. We illuminate men. We illuminate situation. We turn around circumstances because we are yielded to you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord God, no matter what the opposition may be, we will not stop on our tracks because of opposition. We will recognize that you that have called us are greater than any opposition on our way. We thank you because, Lord, you are the one that is already fulfilling them anyway. We recognize it is not of our own doing, but it is of yours. Help us to recognize this, that you just need a willing vessel, that the power is already available. The purpose has already been fulfilled in Christ. That we are just agents, oh God, to reconcile these things back to you. Father, therefore, we pray tonight. Help us. Where we lack passion, give us passion. Where we lack courage, give us courage. Father, Lord, where there is hopelessness, we receive hope. Where there is weakness, we receive strength. Father, tonight, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, O oh God, that by your spirit, a new walk will begin. A new walk will begin. You said the former things we should forget. You said, Lord, we should recognize the things that you're doing now in Isaiah 43. 
My father, tonight, we forget the former things. We open our eyes to see what you're doing around us. We open our eyes to see the lost world around us. We open our eyes to receive the harvest. You said, Lord, you, we should look up. You said the harvest is plentiful. Help us to see this harvest that is plenty around us. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise tonight. Somebody lift up your hands with me. Somebody give him praise tonight. Somebody give him praise tonight. Somebody give him praise tonight. Say with me, God, I am ready. Say with me, God, I am ready. I receive your quickening. A new day has dawned upon me. I do a new thing as you do a new thing. In the name of Jesus. Come and give him praise tonight. He's worthy. Come and give him praise tonight. He's worthy. Come on, give him praise tonight. Somebody that is ready to do things according to the will of God, I want you to give him praise tonight. If you're tired of business as usual, I want you to give him praise tonight. If you want to set aside the things of old, I want you to give him praise tonight. Say, Lord, I am ready. I want to see through your eyes. I want to see through your eyes. I want to go about doing good as Jesus did good. I want to heal them that are oppressed of the devil. Father, thank you, my God. I thank you because I bring deliverance to the world around me. I bring salvation to this lost world around me. I make a difference in my community. In the name of Jesus. So that when men say there is a casting down, I can say there is a lifting up. When men say there is no hope, I can say there is hope. Where men see darkness, I can tell them I see light. Where men are lost, I can show them the way. My God, because this is who I am. You say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And because Jesus is in me, I am the way also, I am the truth also, I am life also to everyone that comes to me. In the name of Jesus. Because I am the Jesus that everyone around me will see. Because Jesus lives within me. Give him praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. This is what it's about, y'all. This is what it's all about. There is a cause. There is a cause. There is a cause. We rise up to that cause. And we begin to do the work of God. Giving him the glory and the praise and the honor. We bless you, Father. In our homes, there's a difference. We see differently. We speak differently. We respond according to God. We fulfill the purpose of God. Our children just don't enjoy the riches of life. They enjoy the kingdom work. They walk in the kingdom. They carry the kingdom message. They speak the kingdom message. Everywhere we go, Lord, to the glory of your name, Father, in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy follow us. All the, no, it shall not follow you. In Christ is already following you. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Because I dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm in this house forever. And nothing can remove me. Amen. God bless you all.